ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Security Insider podcast. And today we are speaking to Mark Hawkins, a strategy and innovation consultant and partner at Orange Squid, one of Australia's leading innovation and strategy consultancies. Orange Squid has worked with a multitude of Australia's leading Fortune 500 companies, providing advice around innovation and business strategy. And he's here today to talk to us about ways that the security organisations can innovate and change coming out of things like COVID-19, amongst other things. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Great to be here. So, Mark, a lot of people are probably thinking innovation is a slightly unusual topic for security. To help set the scene, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and your background and then let's talk about how innovation is relevant to security. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we help uh, organisations to develop strategies um, and to innovate. And um, I no doubt we'll talk um, a little bit more about, about what that is exactly. Um, in terms of my background, I got into innovation through strategy. Um, my background is very much competitive strategy. That's what I studied. I, I, um, I studied here in, in Melbourne, did my master's at the, at the University of Melbourne and then went on and studied um, competitive strategy over at uh, Harvard Business School in, in Boston. And um, what I guess really, you know, the work that I did in uh, strategy um, really put a focus on looking at how organisations can create value and how they can compete in marketplaces. Um, what became apparent to me after a short period of time was that it's actually surprisingly common that organisations can create a value proposition and can create value and even, you know, competitive advantage. What's really uncommon is organisations being able to sustain competitive advantage over time. And what really drew me to innovation was, was really uncovering that when you look at the organisations that have been able to do that, um, they, their ability to maintain competitive advantage over time is always proportionate to their ability to consistently innovate. So that's really what drew me into innovation to help with that kind of competitive uh, strategy piece. And, and so then I went on and I, I studied um, uh, innovation over at, um, at the University of Oxford and I, I wrote my thesis there on um, commercialising uh, innovation. Excellent. So it would seem that the world has been turned upside down pretty much overnight. So in that kind of environment, innovation and change is going to be inevitable and it's really important to make sure you stay relevant and move forward. What sorts of things are you telling clients across industries at the moment to be doing in the short term? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think... Um it is a bit of a short-term focus. That's the that's the place where you probably want to start. And what we've been telling people to do, really, and, and helping our clients to do, is to is to do a strategic pivot. Um, and I know, like some people hear about hear the word pivot, and it you know is that a change in direction or is it you know? We like to talk about it in the context of you know basketball. You know, if you think about a, a pivot you do in basketball, it's when one foot stays planted and the other foot kind of moves. Um, and it's a bit like that. So in other words, it's not time to just kind of throw all your strategy and throw everything away. You know, you do, you want to ensure there's a lot of a lot of businesses that you know that were going okay before COVID, and they knew what they were doing, and they had a coherent strategy and a focus. And you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But at the same time, it is important that you recognise things are different, and so you have to pivot. And and so what you really need to do is think about how you're going to make changes, what that pivot looks like. And 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 we sort of talk about that, I guess, in a, a couple of different ways. So the first is, you know, for, for some organisations, it depend on the organisation, but 
um, is to think about customers. Um, you know, there are some people, like we have some clients, for example, who through COVID are doing better than they've ever done, um, you know, just as a result of this pandemic. And then there are other customers who, you know, their revenue's gone off the cliff. Yeah. And and so it becomes important to to start thinking about that. Do you just keep working with the same people, trying to chase the same customers, trying to chase the same business? Or do you take a strategic look and say, hang on, you know, maybe we won't focus our effort where we normally do because those customers are being adversely affected. Let's instead pivot some of our focus to perhaps win some new business or look at, you know, ways that we can create new value with customers who perhaps aren't experiencing a downturn or are even experiencing a windfall out of this. So that's one place uh, organisations can pivot their focus. And, and the other one is around their value proposition. So what is it that you offer? You know, are you going to be able to just offer the same service, the same products, the same, everything that you've been doing? Um, can you do that now? The answer in most cases is no. You have to make a little change to that. But it might be that some components of what you offer are still really relevant. You might have to kind of, you know, pull apart what it is you do and say, you know, not everything, you know, we sort of talk about it as a bit of a zoom in, zoom in on some of the things you do and say, look, there's this element. We've seen this, you know, to use a really simple example, um, you know, me personally, my gym has done this quite well, right? You know, before the lockdown, um, you know, you think of all the things that a gym offers, right? They offer you a great facility with really expensive machines that I don't have in my home uh, that I can use. They also offer me some structure to my exercise. They offer me classes. They offer me encouragement. They offer me a plan. Now, when you think about that, they can't anymore. By law, they can't offer me those machines, the access to all the equipment. They can't offer me the facilities. Um, but they can still offer me, um, you know, a structure to my exercise program. They can still offer me um, some classes that I can book into and stay committed to. And, and so that's what they've done. And you know, we've seen lots of gyms doing that, right? They now have scheduled Zoom classes that all of us locked in. I'm in Victoria where we're all still locked down. Um, and, you know, that's just a great example of, um, you know, where businesses are able to say, well, we can't offer everything we normally do, but we can change what we offer. And get maybe some components will still be of value to our customers. Let's put our focus there. And, and my guess is that there'll be probably quite a few listeners who have businesses where, you know, their whole value, total value proposition might not be relevant and or perfectly relevant right now, but there will almost certainly be components of it that will. So there's the idea of the strategic pivot is say, is to say, who are the customers who we should pivot to putting our focus on and which parts of what we deliver should we pivot to putting focus on, putting that front and centre um, for the immediate term. Yeah. So, it, okay, so if now is the right time to be talking about innovation though and sort of looking at those customers and looking what you can do, can you give us a bit more information on what innovation actually is and a definition of innovation that isn't sort of fluffy? Uh, you know, can you explain why it's important and how it might benefit organisations, both small and large? Because in these sorts of conversations, it's really easy if you're a big multinational to say, oh, okay, we're going to invest a million dollars and we're going to innovate and we're going to... But for small to medium-sized businesses, that's not so easy. So what is innovation and what does it look like? Yeah, that's a, a another another great question. I think, you know, it, it is a big word. Um, it's kind of... And you said fluffy. I think that's probably a good description. It's a really nebulous term. People say innovation and everyone nods, but then people kind of go, what is it exactly or what is that... Uh, what does that mean? And also, is that really what we should be doing now? And and you, it's funny, you know, sometimes everybody sort of nods and says, oh, yeah, now's the time to innovate. 
But then when you get into conversations, you often find people saying, you know, really, is now the time? They fall into the trap of let's just, you know, batten down the hatches. And um, it always reminds me of the old proverb that the the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the second best time is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so if you haven't been innovative in the past or, you know, it, that's not a reason to not do it now. Now is definitely the time to do it. Um, in terms of what innovation is, that, that's a great place to start. So, look, if, if you go on Google or whatever, you, you know, look at what's the definition of innovation, you'll come up with about, I don't know, a million different answers. But look, what the, the consensus is that, but that, in terms of a definition, there are two elements that, that everybody pretty much a, a, agrees on. The first is that it's got to be something new. So for something to be innovative, it's got to be novel. It's got to be new. Um, and the second part is that it's got to create and deliver value. Um, so what that means is, and it's quite broad, but that's a good way to think about it. So what you're doing as an organization is you're just looking for new ways to create or deliver value. If you're doing that, you're innovating. Um, too often, I think organizations sort of, they think about innovate, you know, they, oh, you know, Apple, we've got to come up with an iPad or something, do we? Is that innovation? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's just not what it's about. Some of the most impactful innovations we've worked with or we've seen in, in the organizations that we've worked with have been business model innovations. They've been, um, you know, service delivery innovations. Um, they, they've been efficiency uh, process innovations, right? So in other words, new ways to create value, which you can point at the way you do business. You can point at your service, your business model. It's not just about shiny new products. That's that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. So if we apply that to the security industry, I mean, what would innovation in the security industry actually look like? Because we have, you know, it's a very traditional business in some respects. People have been doing what they've been doing for a long time. And there's yeah. obviously that whole saying around, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. People look at it and say, okay, well, this is what we do. How would I innovate? Well, that's a, a really good place to start because when you look at the security industry, it does it behaves. Um, you know, we've done a, we have done a bit of work in the in the security industry in different parts of it, um, and to get a sense of the industry, it works like a lot of other marketplaces, a lot of other industries um, at similar sort of levels of maturity in terms of innovation and that and and that sort of stuff. Um, I think what's really interesting, you know, and the first place to look is about differentiation. Um, security industry is one of those industries, certainly we've seen a lot of this, where there's not a lot of what we would sort of term as real differentiation. And this is important. So if I can maybe take a moment to kind of explain that. So, sure. so differentiation is critically important because that is, you know, that's what drives customers' willingness to pay. Um, or to raise customers' willingness to pay. And I, I don't want to be too technical here, but, you know, in other words, you every customer is willing to pay X amount for a service or a product. And, you know, what you do, what you're trying to do, if you certainly want to increase your margin, is you're trying to increase their willingness to pay, you know, have them be willing to pay more. Um, but the only real way to do that, you know, again, keeping this fairly simple, is through differentiation. Um, in other words, you don't want to be commoditized. Um, you know, I often give the example that when I go to the supermarket and I buy white sugar, um, to me, that's just a commodity product. I don't look at all of the, you know, packaging and the claims and whatever. I just buy the cheapest one because to me... White sugar is white sugar is white sugar. I just, I don't care what they say. I just want the cheapest one. I'll, I will buy on price when I think they're all the same. 
Yep. I'm a bit like that with petrol, right? Um, and 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 a lot of people are like that with lots of things, and we we've all we can all probably understand that when we think it's just all the same, we just buy the cheapest one. But we're also all aware that we all buy a lot, and this is in our personal lives as well as in businesses, business to business. Um, we're prepared to we we don't always buy the cheapest thing. There's we often buy things that are not the cheapest, and and when you drill under the surface of why that is, as well, we think that there's value, there's incremental value in the thing that we're buying, which is better than the other thing. So what is it? What is that differentiator? What is it that makes us different? And and having and for businesses to build a genuine point of difference, true differentiation will be what underpins their ability to um, increase their margins. And that's where they should be focusing their innovation effort. So where can we innovate in a way that differentiates us from the competitors? So it's not we're not just in a race to the bottom, right? It's not just that, you know, everything's about the price. What do we offer? Yeah, well, you know, I'm looking at you and I'm looking at three of your competitors and I'm just trying to screw you all down to the bottom price because to me, I think I'm getting the same thing from each of you. Um, and, and the truth is, and this is sometimes hard for people to hear, there are very few organisations that are truly differentiated or even products. Um, and and we, I mean that in the context of being differentiated on the, on the dimensions that matter to customers, to your customers. So what you see, we, we work with organisations all the time. Oh, yeah, you know, we, we ask them early on in the engagement, what, what sets you apart from your competitors? You know, why are people buying from you instead of your competitors? What makes you better? What's your differentiator? What's your point of difference? Um, and unfortunately, you know, most of what we get is, oh, um, it's our people. You know, it's our staff. Um, but when you think really think behind that, that's not going to be true. Number one, that everybody's saying that, and yep. you know, really, is that something? The other thing too is it's not very. It's pretty easy to imitate that. You know, you can just poach your, if you if it really is that you've got some amazing people that nobody else has access to. Well, they can just be poached. Um, for example, yeah, in so, the security industry, it's usually oh, we can create custom tailored solutions yeah. to our clients' <laughs> needs, and it's like. Yeah, uh, I right. think everyone's website Well, well that's that. right. And this is the thing, right? Everybody is saying essentially the same thing, that their differentiator is the same as their competitor's differentiator. And if everybody's differentiator is the same, well, by definition, that means that the things aren't differentiated, right? So you have to think about what are the things that are important to customers that you can differentiate your business on and put your innovation focus there. When you look at, all, at industries that were... Perhaps you could look at them a bit similar to security industry and look at how they've evolved. Let's look at healthcare. I think, you know, we've seen a lot there in, like in hospitals where early on it was all about just purely what is the level of care we are giving, like what, what are the health outcomes, right? If we're doing that well, if somebody, if we're treating somebody for cancer, then it's all about the, you know, the medical treatment we're giving them for cancer. Um, what what the healthcare industry has realised and what hospitals have realised and private health has realised is there's actually a whole customer experience piece here. When someone um, goes through cancer treatment, they go through a whole experience um, and it's not just about giving them high-quality chemotherapy or, the, or high-quality drugs or whatever. There's a whole integrated solution around giving them care across all multiple dimensions and actually thinking about their experience and, you know, all the little things start to matter when they get a phone call, how they talk to people, the different people people that coordinate their care, 
all that sort of stuff, this is where the level of sophistication in that sector is is really rising. So I think if if people are just thinking about security, like, well, how secure are we making this outcome? Or, you know, what are the features on this alarm panel or CCTV system? Or, you know, what are the, just the security features or the technological features? Well, then you're, you're going to be, you're sort of commoditizing yourself because everybody's competing on those same dimensions. What you have to do is think about it more holistically and look for areas where you can create um, other areas where the security industry intersects with other things. And we've seen this already, right? There, you know, there are other service areas, you know, the other areas of, of businesses and government where they're looking for outcomes. And it's how can our value proposition of supplying security, whether it's products or services, how can we then, what's the intersection of that with other things that will be beneficial for those customers? Because if we can add that on to what, if we can innovate there, um, and perhaps with technology as well, um, then we're all of a sudden um, offering a solution, which is oranges and apples with our competitors, and, and the willingness to pay will completely change. Yeah, well, I guess we're starting to see that now a lot more with things like artificial intelligence and deep neural learning networks and neural learning and all the rest of it where we can say, okay, I traditionally I have provided you with a security system, which is cameras, access control points, intrusion detection, and all the rest of it, but that system captures a lot of data. Now, if I can find new and innovative ways to help you actually mine that data and extrapolate meaningful information from that and then provide that to the client to actually add value to their business, now we're offering, I'm assuming, genuine innovation in that space. Yeah, 100%. And so what and understanding what is the customer trying to do in their business, for example, or in government or whatever it might be, um, that might have nothing to do with security and then thinking about, well, how could this data that we've got access to help them with that? Something that's, you know, might be normally out of scope for security, something that's completely different. But what you don't want to be doing is going in and saying, what differentiates us is our camera has an extra few frames per second than the competitor or the panel has, you know, we saw this in the, those of you who are, or, or the, those listening who are old enough, like, like I am, um, and, I dare say you are to um, to remember to remember the times when digital you know before smartphones right and there was yep. the digital cam camera revolution and you saw they went crazy right they got so far away from customer needs it was like we've got excellent you know we have four hundred and thirty five presets that yep. we have and eight different flash settings that you can do on the our camera so then the competitor comes out and goes well we've got 487 um pre you know defined settings and we've got 12 flash settings on our camera and an extra megapixel and then someone else came out and said well we've now added another 42 megabytes of, and it went on and on and on and everybody they're all competing on these technological specs that nobody cared about the customers weren't impressed in fact it was just adding complexity and i think this is what you see in in industries like security industry certainly in the technology side if you're just going in saying well our you know we've built a better mousetrap because it's got more you know specs or like here are tech specs um, or we're providing better security perhaps it's physical security because ours is stronger in this way or we can supply you know manpower in this way or whatever it might be 
um, you're just competing on the same dimensions everybody else is. Yeah. So it's look for those things. What are your clients trying to achieve in what they're doing, if it's government or if it's a business, how do they get customers, how do they improve their customer experience? And then say, well, how is what we are doing, how can that intersect with what they're doing so that the value add we're bringing to the table is relevant to them, not on the specs that we think are important? Yeah, and I think that guiding principle of trying to understand what it is that your client's trying to do, what are their pain points, is really important because you you mentioned an example and we see that a lot in the security industry where an access control system manufacturer, for example, will build a feature into their system whereby if you're walking backwards on your hands during a full moon on the third level of the sub-basement wearing red (laughs) pants, it'll set off an alarm. And it's like... Who other than the engineer that designed this system thought that that was a cool thing? Yeah. yeah. But how many hours have they wasted? I say wasted, but how many hours have they spent developing that? So, Me- Meanwhile, that yeah. customer, yeah. that company has other problems that they're trying to solve for their customers. Yeah. And boy, if you could help them with those yeah. in a way that they never even saw coming, yeah. um, suddenly your competitors aren't competing with you anymore. Yep. You're, you're just in a different league. So where do we begin this process? Give me, you know, the, the top five things that companies can do if they want to start thinking about innovation and how they maybe differentiate what they're doing and really help customers solve problems. Yeah. I think, look, the first thing that w- when we work with our clients, the first thing we do is we, we get focus, right? Like... It, while we're talking about strategy and innovation and, you know, it, it's, it stays nebulous. So I think while people are, you know, I think sometimes people think innovation's about thinking creatively and blue sky thinking and, you know, let's, let's have a, you know, no ideas a bad idea session and we'll all sit around and come up with just really crazy ideas and that's usually not helpful, right? That big blue sky stare out the window and, you know, sort of try and be creative is not good. Um, and actually create creative thinking, creativity loves a constraint. <laughs> um, so it, it can be really useful to start with focus. So the, the first bit of good news I'd say to, to your listeners is that, you know, this doesn't have to be a sort of big nebulous fluffy thing. Start with getting some focus. So so start by looking at step one, understand, well, what is it about, what, what are my customers trying to achieve? Let's just articulate that. And you might have lots of different customers um, in different sectors. So think about how you might segment them and you might segment them by what they're trying to achieve, right? So we've got a bunch of customers who are trying to achieve X. And I don't mean what they're trying to achieve with the security um, solution we're providing them, but rather what are they trying to achieve big picture? Like what, what are they in the business of doing? Once you understand that, then where you want to focus your innovation effort is, well, how is what we do, how could what we do assist them in that bigger, you know, sort of uh, broader uh, focus uh, that they have? You know, where could we start adding value beyond just, you know, putting, securing a site or securing people or securing technology or securing data or whatever it is that we're securing, beyond just providing a security outcome, What else could we, you know, how could we maybe utilise what we do to help them in their broader mission or their broader objective? And then sort of articulate that into somewhere to put some focus and say, how could we leverage, you know, perhaps the data we get from our system or the information we get from our personnel on site or, you know, whatever it might be. How can we utilise that to help them in what they do 
and try and smash those two things together and start thinking about ways you could create a value proposition that would be offering your customers something that they're not used to. And just put your focus there. As I said, you know, it's the, the strategy at the start, the strategy pivot is about just getting focused, you know, um, not leaving it too broad and just do that sort of one thing at a time. And, and, and if you've got lots of different customers and it all seems overwhelming, just pick one. Just say, okay, well, who's, who are a couple of our big customers? What do they do? What are they trying to do? You know, how might what we do, where's the intersection of what we do with what they're trying to do and what, how can we articulate that? Because if we can do that... Uh, we can start to develop a strategy and start to develop some innovations that are going to really differentiate us in the market and get us away from this kind of race to the bottom where everyone's just buying on price. Sure. Obviously, innovation is a massive subject and it's not something that we can easily sort of cover in the the half hour or so that this podcast has been running. Yeah. I imagine you have a website where people can find out more about you and about innovation in general. Can you tell me a little bit about where they can find that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're uh, Orange Squid, um, which is a bit of a weird name. It's like, you know, the colour and the fish um, <laughs> if you're looking for the spelling. So it's, um, yeah, it's basically just orangesquid.com.au. Uh, um, and, yeah, absolutely, we're always happy to talk to um, to people about, you know, from the perspective of strategy and help them with developing strategies. And, in fact, we've been doing a lot of strategy pivot work lately with organisations where we'll just go in and work with them, do a session on, you know, where they can put their, you know, we just facilitate the process, give them that that process. So strategy pivot work and then indeed also innovation work where we can help them to actually innovate and to develop some creative solutions in in that context. So people can, can um, you know, go via our website. Um, they can contact me. My, my details and my email address is all on there. So more than happy for anyone to, to reach out and, and we'll be more than happy to help. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen... That has been our podcast for today. Obviously, if you'd like to know more about that, feel free to go to orangesquid.com.au. Check out the other podcasts that we've got. They're available on Blurberry, Spotify, Google Play, Android, uh, and all the great places that you can find podcasts. Thank you very much to our guest, Mark, for coming on to the show today, and we look forward to catching you on our next podcast.